This is a Thunderdog podcast. Hello, and welcome back to Midnight Musing, the show where I talk to my friends about the things that keep them up at night. My name is Evan, and I am your host. On this, the fourth episode of the show, I talk to my friend Ariane. We met in college, which we talk extensively about. Um, we were in the same program and had the same specialization, so more or less we ended up doing a lot of the same things and generally had the same college experience. And we've both kind of ended up in the same space post-graduation. We're both in that nebulous state of not 100% sure where our life is headed, but we know we have to start something. In my case, it's this podcast, the podcast network, etc. In her case, it's an educational tool called Club Comtech, which you'll hear plenty about in the show. In some ways, this episode is the answer to the questions of episode one. Episode one was directly after graduation, or not even directly, it was a couple months after, but it was still very raw, and I wasn't sure what I was doing. In the intervening months between episode one and episode four, I think I'm, I didn't find all the answers, but I have some of them, and I think you'll hear a very different Evan than what you heard in episode one. So some of the stuff might sound contradictory to what I said in episode one. It doesn't make episode one any less valid if you're still feeling that way. Some days I am still very much in episode one Evan. But I've learned that you can't wallow in it. And as you'll hear in this episode, you kind of got to get your ass in gear and do something. So, without any further ado, let's jump into episode four of Midnight Musing with Ariane. I just graduated with a media studies degree, mm-hmm. similar to our host. Not similar, the exact same. <laughs> same Exa- school. Exact same, yeah. Um, And yeah, I'm just kind of trying to figure out what I want to do. Yeah, what the next step is. Yeah, basically. Yeah, because it's been three months, four months since we graduated. No, it's yeah, it's been four. June was grad, and it's or four and a half. It's getting close to five. Yeah. Oh, that's scary. Terrifying. Wow. Yeah. You ever just put things in perspective? <laughs> oh my goodness. That's and then yeah. the next thing you know it's six and that's yeah. a half a year. Oh wow. Yeah, it's been five <laughs> months since we walked across the stage. That is crazy. The Brampton Convention Center. <laughs> oh my goodness. That and, is terrifying. Uh, yeah. And now it's five months and I guess technically we've got things going on. Yeah. So it's so hard to like Well, one, it's hard to, I guess, find a job that you actually like doing after graduation. Oh, yeah. So creating something yourself just seems like the logical (laughs) 
options sometimes. Yeah. And I guess that's something that I did. Mm-hmm. Or I try, I'm attempting to do. Currently in the process of doing. <laughs> in the process, yeah, exactly. Um, mm-hmm. I guess technically, same, this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's a weird transition period where like some people are jumping straight into like big corporate, not necessarily corporate, corporate but like industry jobs. Yeah. And I I got one of those, kind of. Like it's a smaller sort of thing. Which and, makes sense to do, like. Which yeah, it's guaranteed money. Yeah. Um, not a lot of money, but it's money. Yeah. And so. but like I'm, I wasn't happy there. Mm. It's tough. Like, I think after fa- I think after four years of like getting assignments <laughs> from profs, you kind of get the idea that, oh well, once I'm done, it's just gonna be I get to do my thing, and then you get a job, and it's assignments that actually matter. <laughs> Yeah, that's what <laughs> that's what kind of sucks. Like, yeah, you're it, still getting good, told what to do. Sucks. Yeah, exactly. It's like you're still in school, but it's but like, it's for money instead of grades, so exactly. it actually matters. Because yeah. like you fail a class, like oh, I got to take it again. You get fired. Oh, I can't pay rent. I'm homeless. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So like, I get the idea of going for a job that pays, but at the same time, I feel like it's a lot more rewarding to do your own sort of side thing. Yeah, exactly. What made you want to start something on your own rather than just going for one of those guaranteed money jobs? As someone who's like in media mm-hmm. or in DC, as that was digital, digital communications. communications. <laughs> um, I feel like we're we're so uh, eager to like create stuff on our own, kind mm-hmm. of like what you said. Like after graduation, you think that like you're gonna get to just create your own thing, and mm-hmm. then it doesn't always happen right away. I think we're just so eager to do that because of our field. Uh-huh. Like they taught us to be creative, you know, yeah, or uh, do new things, be innovative, and then they put you in a workforce instead, mm-hmm. and yeah. you have to do things based on the guidelines. So yeah. I, I don't know. It's just something that is like in me from something that I've learned in mm-hmm. the past four years to do but never got to do so i was just really eager to like to start something myself that was creative and that would also like help other people do you want to explain what you're doing i probably should do that, that might help. Yeah. <laughs> give a little <laughs> that, context yeah so um i'm creating this website called clubcontact.org um it is a learning resource for communication technology students and professionals so in a sense it's kind of like a smaller version of Mm lynda.com but just for communication technology right so the reason why I um, wanted to create something like that was because when I was in comm tech class back in high school Mm -hmm. a long time ago (laughs) oh my goodness ancient history yeah that was a very long time ago now that I think about it I I found that there weren't as many resources at the time. Obviously, there's like a million mm-hmm. different resources now uh, for ComTech. But at the time, there weren't as much um, resources for learning new tools that were up to date yeah. with ComTech. Because communication, any type of digital communication, like tool or program, 
or technique it's constantly updating yeah it's yeah constantly like evolving yeah that's why adobe is a subscription service now instead of just buying the program because they keep changing it yeah everything just keeps changing which is frustrating yeah in, in a sense but it's all a part of like how media is it's always moving Mm-hmm. And at the time, I wish there was something that was also moving along with it. Yeah. Um, that was online that I could easily access. Because my, my communication technology teacher, as cool of a guy <laughs> that he was, right. he did not know what he was doing. Oh, God. <laughs> like, he basically, we had to self teach a lot of the stuff that we oh, learned. That's rough. Like, don't get me wrong like he was a really cool guy (laughs) like and he really loved cats and he would like help us out Mm -hmm. when he can but he really didn't know like up-to-date stuff and Mm -hmm. a lot of the times when we would ask him questions he would just say like google it or search it up thanks (laughs) story of my life (laughs) yeah i remember back in first year like a bunch of us were talking about the schools that like we got into and stuff like that. Yeah. And one of our friends, Alana oh. talked about how she got into U of T Scarborough campus mm-hmm. and she went to the open house or whatever it was, or like campus tour to meet the profs. And like the main prof was like an 85 year old dude with a, oh my goodness. with a laptop that might've been older than him somehow. And like he used internet Explorer and it's like, you're not going to learn anything from this guy. Yeah. You might learn like how he did it when he was in the, in the industry 40 ancient, years ago. Yeah. Like ancient times. But like <laughs> anything pre-internet doesn't work anymore. Anything like early internet doesn't work. Yeah. Some things <laughs> from like a year ago don't work. Exactly. So how are you going to learn from somebody that's so far out of the loop? Yeah, I totally understand. So I think I think this is sort of an interesting thing because you're kind of learning it as you're teaching it. Exactly. Because yeah. like the best way to make sure you understand something is to teach it to someone. That is exactly right? one of the reasons why I wanted to do it because I wanted to obviously keep my mind fresh with media and design stuff. But instead of just having like a project... Mm-hmm. I wanted to like teach others yeah. to do it because that is a really good way to teach yourself to do something and yeah. it gives you a reason to teach yourself to do something too yeah for sure because I don't think I could just sit down and say okay I'm gonna learn the new features on InDesign today yeah. like it's very difficult mm-hmm. to do yeah. that like on your own with no purpose no <laughs> no yeah. project it's kind of a reason to stay up to date is like, oh, well, I have to I have another issue of the newsletter, new post that has to go out. So yeah, like, exactly. I have to know what I'm doing in order to be able to tell people. Yeah, exactly. So like you you not only have to know how to do it, you also have to understand why you're doing it so mm-hmm. that you can explain it to someone else. And I think that's like just the best way to like understand what you're doing yeah. is to understand why you're doing it, the motivation route. for it. Like if I I can understand what the pen tool does, but if I don't know when I'm going to use it or why I would pick it over something else, what's the point? Yeah. Like when I started using Illustrator, like <laughs> it was the pen tool for everything, and I'm like, I just made a square. Why did I do that? There's a square tool. <laughs> yeah, there's like a shape tool right here. Yeah, so it's just like, not only is it passing on the knowledge to other people that might not have it yet, yeah, but it's keeping implementing it and into it, something that you could mm-hmm. use in the future. Yeah, I think it's an interesting thing that you said you wouldn't just do it on your own. 
because I'm the exact same way. <laughs> I need like someone else. I need someone else's expectations in order to actually do something, <laughs> which is probably somehow based in the school system. I feel like every episode of Midnight Musing is me just shitting on the school system for the record. <laughs> kind of is. It all goes back to school. Like. But like, because that's all we know. Yeah, so exactly. Like, because you get assigned these things by your teacher or your prof, and then you hand it into them. You're reliable to them. Yeah, and you would want like a good grade, so mm-hmm. you're gonna try your best to like do it in the best possible way. Yeah. So now when it's just like, all right, I'm gonna do something for myself. Yeah, but there's no due date. There's no like grading yeah. structure. Like, how do I know if I did it well? Yeah, exactly. So it's there's like no I'm just not gonna there. bother because if I don't do it, then I won't be disappointed by it exactly so like sharing it to the public is kind of an interesting way to make everyone the society your teacher (laughs) where it's like hey i made this for you (laughs) yeah judge me (laughs) but be nice please yeah and i think for sure there's gonna be some people who are contact experts Mm -hmm. that might stumble upon the website and We'll probably say, like, no, this is wrong. Or maybe yeah. they'll have their own um, expectations that they might want to yeah. put on to that. And I guess it's, like, a good thing but a bad thing because there's obviously a different way of yeah. doing things for everybody. But at the same time, it kind of makes you want to do more research into what they're saying yeah. and then research on what you're doing and see what's the best outcome or yeah. best way of doing it. Because sometimes you do just need another perspective. Yeah, exactly. So, like, hopefully that person that knows what they're talking about is constructive in the way they tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just saying, like, no, your stuff sucks. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's a weird thing where it's like, you just want, you want to put yourself out there. You want to help people. You want to educate people. You want to open a conversation. And some people just aren't receptive to it. Yeah. Because they want to be the expert. But then other people are more constructive with it, right? Like, oh, like I saw you wrote this. Technically, like this is how I would do it or like this is how most media professionals do it or whatever. Maybe, yeah. Or if they say like, oh, there's a better, easier route to doing what you've done. That would be more constructive than like. Yeah, because then you can just like issue a part two of that or. Yeah, like, or a revised mm-hmm. version of it. Yeah. So what made you, what, what motivated you to actually do it? Like, what got you off the couch and actually starting it? Because I feel like that's a lot of people's sticking point, is starting. I felt that if I didn't start up immediately after mm-hmm. graduation, I would never do it. Right. Like I that's honestly what I was thinking. Like as soon as I graduated, I told myself that I wanted to start something like immediately or I would not do it like once I start working. Yeah. And I had a setback because I was working over the summer as a camp programmer. Oh, interesting. Not like the computer programming, which Mm -hmm. I that would be a lot more cooler, (laughs) more like. Uh, industry relevant yeah like making activities for the kids Mm -hmm. Uh, okay yeah i mean it's still like it's money it's money yeah and sometimes that's all you need yeah that is that is true and then as soon as that was done then i was like okay that's not gonna happen again yeah and and i basically i kind of just like 
put it out there and i i heard a lot of like uh advice not necessarily directed to me but just mm-hmm. like advice about entrepreneurship and um one of the things that they said is that if you do it when you're ready like you'll never get yeah, it done you'll never like, convince yourself that you're ready yeah and that's something that was kind of holding me back at first mm-hmm. was that i i it wasn't ready yet and i didn't want to like put it out there until everything was like perfect perfect yeah. exactly yeah i think the i think there's an adventure time quote um i think it's jake the dog super (laughs) relevant that i think he says something like being really bad at something is the first step to being kind of good at something like you okay i think like we have the expectation of ourselves that we're not allowed to be bad yeah we just have to start if we're starting something we have to be good no matter what it is, like you feel bad when you do something wrong. Yeah. And that's how we've been trained to mm-hmm. feel. Yeah. So like jumping off into doing something on your own where like you might not have guidance or like actual like strict regulations for what you're going to do. Like you can do anything. So yeah. what am I going to do? You yeah. might overextend. You might like dream too big you might fly too close to the sun that sort of problem (laughs) but like most people are just going to get stuck at that start line and they're not even going to cross it they're just gonna be like i'm not going to run this race until i'm ready yeah exactly and most people that run the race have done a few races Mm -hmm. before they won their first race so yeah i i didn't want to be one of those people that were just stuck at the at the uh, start of the line. Yeah. I would literally never get it done. Yeah. Because, like, no one's expecting you to nail it on your first try. You might, and that's sick. That would be so cool. But but, <laughs> but the best way to learn is to do things, at least for me. Like, yeah, some people same. are readers. Some people are, like, oral learners. I need to, like, do it. No, I'm Figure out what I did wrong. Person. Fix it. Yeah. On try to. Like... That's literally all the web design classes mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> that I've yeah. ever done mm-hmm. was all me just doing it, seeing if it actually comes out the way I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And then after like 500 attempts, getting it right. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and school is a good place for that where it's like you are given attempts to some extent. Obviously, yeah. you do have deadlines, but like you have someone there to help you out. So this is me not shitting on the school system. This is me praising it. Where it's like you have, (laughs) hopefully, an industry professional. Like, especially web dev courses. Like, or I guess web design. We're not web dev. I'm sorry, Jason. (laughs) Um, Like, web design courses. Like, most of the people were also still active web designers. Yeah. On top of being our profs. So they know, like, HTML5, CSS3. Rather than, like knowing basic html or whatever and like not if anything like them being not full-time profs made them worse profs rather than like sometimes they just don't know how to teach yeah um but at least they know what the subject yeah kind of is i don't know if that even like like or they're up to date with it too yeah so so sometimes you have to learn how they teach sometimes but once you figure it out, you can really learn from them because they're still active in the community. Yeah, exactly. 
I think that's part of the nice part about college, like the college aspects of the school we went yeah. to, because we did like a half and half yeah, program. Yeah, which was honestly awesome. Like It was great it was... in some ways in that I have two pieces of paper now, but I really felt like I would have done a lot better in a straight college course. Honestly, yeah, I could see where you would get that from because, like, on my first, uh, on my fourth <laughs> class, I wanted to blow my brains out. Honestly, like, I don't remember half of what, not even half. I don't remember most of what I learned in those like lecture-based classes, and I wish mm-hmm. it was a good like experience with, you know, knowing culture and how it mixes in with what we're doing. Yeah, but how often do you need to know the word hegemony? <laughs> or I, what a public sphere is. I don't either. <laughs> like, who's Habermas? I don't care. <laughs> right. If I have to hear about Marshall McLuhan again, I'm gonna die. Oh my die. goodness! <laughs> like, he's a Toronto boy, so can't talk uh, too much shit about him. <laughs> wow, that's. But those classes were setting you up to study media, and I feel like most of our program was there to make media. Yeah, I don't think anybody really was there to like continue learning about media communication yeah so i think the college aspects identify like i identified with the college aspects more even though i was kind of told my whole life that university's better Mm, yeah which i think is kind of a drawback for some people where it's like the perception is dumb people go to college wow i yeah i see that because uh, in high school, if you took like college classes, you were mm. it was assumed that they the were applied, the easier courses. Yeah, exactly. The applied stuff is yeah. Easier. They were applied versus academic. Yeah, and the academic stuff was like the mm-hmm. the more academically inclined kids. Yeah, <laughs> like, like they were the kids that I don't I don't even know because like I don't know anyone that wants to be like a researcher or anything like that. I know everyone I know wants to do like be active in a community rather than like yeah talk they about that community stuff. yeah like especially everyone in our program stuff. well people like to learn too obvi- obviously but you're learning stuff to do them yeah more than learning to to analyze I, yeah like, analyze and then like put the it on paper and then yeah. send it off to the world great the exact same person as you is the only person that's going to read that. Yeah, exactly. It's it's like a weird... I don't know. I don't <laughs> know what the point is to that. But yeah, so I think the college aspects of our education set us up to actually do things rather than kind of yeah. getting in our own head about like things needing to be perfect before you can take the first step. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Where we kind of already have a bit of experience trying, maybe failing, maybe succeeding. So we're already kind of off that start line yeah. in some ways. That makes sense. Like college definitely um, encourages, or I find that it encourages more of that trial and error Mm -hmm. setup rather than a more academic-based classroom setting. Yeah, because that's very like singular, very... Yeah, like you do the essay, you hand it in. It's in a bubble. And then you get a grade back and then you're done with that essay, done with that topic completely. While college is more like you do mini projects working up to a bigger project. So Mm -hmm. if you mess up kind of on the mini projects over time then you'll do better on the bigger project. Yeah. That's kind of like a rule in life. Like you do all these little steps and little things that you could 
mess up on and kind of and it's not world ending yeah exactly there's no stakeholders there's no like the your grade doesn't uh what's the word it doesn't get ruined yeah by it like it doesn't completely like you're not gonna completely fail if you just mess up on that one little thing yeah your gpa isn't gonna tank if you screw up on one quiz yeah or whatever or like the first assignment of the semester is always gonna be the smallest yeah, yeah, exactly. Or at least usually, I would hope. <laughs> that was just like the worth 60% first day of class. Yeah, so we're kind of in that, like, beginning of the semester of life. Yeah. Where it's like, everything, like, matters, but if you screw up and have to start again, you still have a lot of time to figure it out. Yeah, and we're pretty young when you think about it. But also so old. <laughs> Like, this is going to sound stupid and stonery, but, like, we're the oldest we've ever been. We've never been this far before. Yeah, that is true. Right? So it's a bit scary to, like, be wading through the world, like, how do I do this? Trying to get to that next step. No, I got you. But, like, we're still in pretty shallow waters. Yeah. I don't know. So I think things right now matter. Mm -hmm. But if something goes wrong, you can start again. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty of it. Yeah. And, like, even later in life, you can always start again. Yeah, that's true. A lot of people don't start these things until, like, way later. I can't name mm -hmm. a specific thing, but I'm sure there's a lot of people that become successful later on, like, in their 30s, even 40s and stuff. Well, like, you... To some extent, life is a process of elimination. You try things, find out you don't like it, move on to something else. Yeah. Um, To some extent. Like, obviously, you have inclinations as to what you like, and you have want to try those out first. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it works out, and that's great. Like, I thought for a long time I was going into, like, sciences and math and stuff. Cause oh, I was yeah, t- I forgot about that. Because I was told for so long, like, oh, you're so smart. You should be a scientist. And I'm like... Oh, yeah. I wanted to be a scientist when I was in grade two. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was going to be a scientist in, like, grade 11. Oh, <laughs> And then I took a media course. Shout out to fucking Pete, Peter, Paul, McGregor. (laughs) One of those. Mr. McGregor, sick. He was my media prof, prof, teacher in grade 11. And like, he was, that was our first, all right, go do something class. At least for me. Oh, yeah. Where it wasn't just like, we're going to learn a language by watching a French movie. Like, great. That's not how that works. Yeah. But, like, he was, like, our final project for that class in grade 11 was to go make a documentary. Like, literally what we did in third year, a (laughs) 10-minute documentary, that's what we did in grade 11. Wow. And it was obviously not the best, but, like... But it's fun. Like, you're finally getting out of the class and doing something. And he didn't expect it to be Oscar-worthy either. Like, Yeah, of course not. He just wanted you to get your hands on a camera, get, like, try recording something, try getting an interview, like, edit something, see how that goes. Like, get the experience, basically. Yeah, see if you like it. Well, little consequence. Very little consequence. It was an elective. (laughs) Yeah. Right? So... But, like, he he was totally just having fun with the class. Like, we had a wrestling unit where we just talked about professional wrestling. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Like, because he's just, like, a big old nerd (laughs) that ended up in a high school teaching job. And he made the class his own, and it was sick. 
But yeah, content. Yeah. So, so <laughs> I think media. Yeah, we we kind of got a head start with our college career. I think the university aspects also kind of showed me like not my vibe. Oh, at least I'm ready to get away from that. <laughs> yeah. You knew like based on what they gave you, you mm-hmm. knew you didn't want to do that. And that's helpful information right there. Yeah, exactly. And then so you kind of dive more into those college do things credits. Mm, yeah. And like I got like I I did well in those because I wanted to do them. Yeah, exactly. Not to say I didn't, I didn't do well at the other classes, but those weren't the ones I cared about. Yeah. Even if I didn't like them. Per se, I cared about them because I got yeah. to do things. <laughs> yeah. But now we're in the real world because school's not the real world. Yeah, it's not. Even though they said that in high school. Like, yeah. Once you leave here, it's the real world. No, it's <laughs> not. not really. But yeah, so now we're actually in the real world. We don't have school. And, and I think it's such a habit to, because we're doing we were doing like a lot of um, hands-on stuff Mm -hmm. because we were doing that. Like you don't want to stop. And I think I mentioned this earlier, but yeah. yeah, So you have momentum right now. Yeah. I I just don't want to stop. And um, I guess because I, I'm only used to doing the stuff that I learned in those college classes, like making a website, (laughs) running a magazine. Yeah. Making a graphic. Yeah, exactly. I wanted to do stuff continue to do that with my mm-hmm. own stuff and at to the point where it wasn't even about the actual end product yeah. it was more about the process all, the process exactly of doing it like putting mm-hmm. the website out there making a lo- a newsletter yeah designing the newsletter <laughs> yeah i think that's that's more of why i kind of um i kind of wanted to like continue with doing something that was my own yeah because it was just, I was just continuing what school was teaching me to do. Yeah. But I was doing it on my own. Which, in a way, just shows that, like, school worked. Like, it showed you what you can do, and you're like, yes, now yeah. I'm going to do it. That's actually a good way to look at it. I never looked at it like that, but, yeah. Yeah. They, whereas should accomplish. Yeah, whereas, like, episode one of this show, I was like, school sent me up to do jack shit. But, like... <laughs> And I still feel While that way. While we're recording this podcast. Yeah. I think looking back on that episode, I think that was just me being very anxious about mm. how to take the next steps. And I'm still in the process of taking those steps, but like this has kind of grounded me a bit. Yeah. Like doing this podcast has kind of put things into perspective for me. Like it is easy to do things. Yeah. Look at what I'm doing right now. I am talking into a microphone. It is going on the internet eventually. (laughs) Like there's no harm in trying, I think is. Yeah, I agree. Like what's the worst thing that could really happen? Someone says a mean thing to you on the internet. Guess what? They suck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just because they said something mean doesn't mean you suck. It means they suck. Yeah, exactly. It has nothing to do with you. It has something to do with them Mm -hmm. and their internal like insecurities. Yeah. So if you if someone came to you and was like, how do I start something like what what do you think your advice would be? Well, I guess it all depends on what you're starting. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I guess if you just because want... we know media, let's say it's a media. Thing. Yeah, I wanted to say something media related, but what if someone was, you know, thinking of something totally different, like a an office, like a I don't know, a doctor's <laughs> office or something. But since we are like media students, and that's all we know, mm-hmm. um, truly. Yeah, if you wanted to start like a video broadcast mm-hmm. and you didn't know exactly how to start it. I would say maybe put out a video (laughs) and see what the reception is and then learn or learn from uh, what your your initial uh, process was. So Mm -hmm. how how well did it go the first time and then kind of work your way from there? Like, I don't know what else (laughs) advice I could say, like, just start. Just just even if it's like the worst video ever, it could be like the worst quality even if you don't like have the best quality camera at the time just build your audience first and then once you maybe get enough money to get a new camera then get a new camera and just just start (laughs) like yeah just do it i don't know is that like (laughs) and like there's nothing even saying that your first try has to be public that's true like you could try and then just not put it out that is true. And then try again. It's going to get better because you have practice. And there's nothing wrong with... With scrapping it and starting yeah. over. Yeah. Totally. You're, you're not committed to doing it one way is also mm. a thing, right? Like, you try it one way, it doesn't quite work. You aren't stuck in that process forever. Yeah. Like, no, new, I totally, new techniques, new, yeah, I totally new information. Understand. And, like, I think it's good to always just, like, stay curious, right? That sounds cheesy. No, it, it makes sense to, like, like try different things, mm-hmm. different See ways. See what other people are doing. Yeah. Like, I think starting off, it's okay to replicate somebody. True. Obviously, don't just steal their shit. <laughs> but, like, it's okay to, if, if you don't have a, your own style at the beginning of things. Yeah. You can find someone that you love and you're like this is what i want to do and then make your own version of that and then slowly you'll develop your own style your own personality or whatever you're doing yeah obviously there's like laws and stuff so stay within the laws yeah i guess copyright depending on what you're doing (laughs) um but i actually this brought me back to um I actually mentioned something like that the other day mm-hmm. <laughs> when I was doing a design workshop. Right. Yeah. You are doing those. Yeah. <laughs> um, At our alma mater. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't sound a little adulty. <laughs> um, when I was doing the design workshop and I was explaining, you know, where to get your ideas of making a business card. Right. Because it's, it's hard for someone who has no idea how to design or doesn't know much about design principles to just Mm -hmm. create something from scratch um i told them and this is something that we've learned which is weird Mm -hmm. uh to try to remix not remake yeah so you know do your research on business cards that you've seen online Mm -hmm. and that you know you thought was really professional really cool really different and then just take other ideas and kind of just mash them all into your yeah. perfect idea. So 
yeah, yeah like getting inspiration like there's nothing wrong with that obviously yeah. it's not plagiarism if you steal from a lot of places basically it, yeah right because you're putting it your own spin on taking these eight ideas and making it one idea yeah and right? it becomes a totally unique different idea at yeah. the end so yeah i think that's yeah don't just steal one person's idea basically <laughs> but like like when you think of like music or something um and like how music has evolved yeah um like really great musical genres have evolved from obviously other past genres kind of mashed together mm-hmm. and i wish i could give like an example well i mean like hip-hop uses a lot of sampling yeah that is and true. they pull from like Maybe they pull from another hip hop song. Maybe they pull from like an old jazz tune. Maybe they pull from like some gospel music. Yeah. Like hip hop started by taking records of other genres and like scratching them on record Yeah, tables, and right? making it totally different. But yeah, so like remixing is totally valid and it's a great way to start. Like yeah. you, I started on Illustrator using the pen tool and tracing over things. Yeah, that's how I did too. I still do that sometimes. <laughs> I still do that a lot, actually. Actually, yeah, same. But yeah, I think getting started is always the hardest part, right? Yeah. Like once you have, once the ball's rolling, it's easy enough to keep it rolling. Yeah, that's true. But like, true. actually getting to that point is tough. And I could understand why some people may have trouble getting started because one, they're scared of the reception of course they're scared of what people would think um they might be scared of whether they are looked at as an expert in doing whatever they are so they might get questioned about that (laughs) yeah i definitely felt like people might say like oh what do you know about context (laughs) you know a whole learning resource about it. what gives you the right to try to teach people exactly yeah well, I know some things. Yeah, I know if I know one thing and then my friend knows another thing, that's two things right mm-hmm. there. So Yeah, your your project is also very collaborative. Like you're yeah. gonna have a bunch of writers on it. Like yeah. you're not the one that's just like, I am the overlord of media. <laughs> Learn from me, peasants. <laughs> exactly. And I think some people think that too. Like... No, you're bringing in a bunch <laughs> of different voices with a bunch of different like ideas and perspectives. Yeah, and... and that's exactly what I wanted it to be mm-hmm. like. And you're also giving them a voice where they might not previously have had one. That is true. Like, yeah. obviously, it's like, like a plat. I'm giving yeah. like a platform for people that do know that information but don't know how to. present it exactly yeah Yeah. because like i'm not gonna just like write an article how to make a podcast and then put (laughs) it out on my facebook (laughs) that's useless like it it's using the right avenues to give people voices and like spread information yeah and giving opportunities yeah and it's an opportunity to learn it's an opportunity to teach as well as like i don't know it's just like a cool sort of space that you're making for yourself and that's another thing people feel like like i can't get a job in this therefore i shouldn't do it Mm. in some respects you have to make a space for yourself yeah especially in media media especially yeah you're gonna have to like pave your own way yeah make a name for yourself you can like 
not necessarily latch on, that sounds negative, but you can ally yourself with other people that might be more established than you. Mm. But in some respects, if you want a name and it, if you want it to be your name, you have to do that yourself. Yeah. And you have to make your own audience. You have to make your own like space. Your own path. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Starting your own thing is, it's a scary experience, but it's also rewarding in a way that you're not going to get anywhere else. Yeah, that's true. You just, yeah. There's something about doing something for yourself that feels so different. It does, especially when all of your years or most of the years of your life, you've been doing stuff for other people, Mm -hmm. which is strange, but like it makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's either your parents or your teacher, maybe your friends, like to, you know, be in the clique or (laughs) to... um, to kind of impress them or mm-hmm. to impress somebody in your life or like to impress the the colleges you're applying for yeah. or anything but now that all of that's kind of gone away like now you finally could do something for yourself and mm-hmm. it is weird it, it's definitely weird it also it almost makes it harder to go back to doing things for other people oh yeah like that is so true i can't even imagine i don't know because like I've obviously applied for a bunch of jobs since I kind of stepped away from my last one, but it's tough, like, conceiving yourself doing something for other people after you've started doing your own thing. Mm. But, like, obviously, money. (laughs) That's always a thing. Like, it's the number one motivating factor of life currently. (laughs) Like, it's not food because food's so easy to get. Yeah, that's true. It's not, like, connection because it's so easy to talk to people obviously that's its own thing is talking to people (laughs) um but like i don't know there's a certain satisfaction you get for doing something for yourself and being proud of it that you don't get for doing for someone else yeah doing for something else else. Yeah. yeah even if it is like a small brand that has like a face to it um doing it for yourself is a different feeling but just like down in your gut, you're like, I know I'm doing this for me. And you're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just... totally got you. <laughs> I guess like the only thing that I could, if you don't take away anything, I guess, is don't be scared of what other people think, whether it's of your work or of you, because. But like push comes to shove, getting started is tough but worth it yeah because like even if you fail like there's another chance yeah like fuck it try it again there'll be a million chances there are gonna be roadblocks (laughs) fucked up shit might happen but like at the end of the day what's worse trying and failing or not trying in the first place that is true right like again cliches better to have loved and lost (laughs) than to never loved at all it sounds stupid but like you're never going to get anywhere if you don't start. Yeah. You can't level up if you don't start at level one. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's going to be level one at some point. Yeah, and it's better to just do it early and get it out of the way. Yeah. And then you can be like level six and other people are going to be like, how did you do that? And it's like, well, you start. Exactly. Exactly.
that was my conversation with Ariane. It's pretty crazy to think that only two months separated the recording of episode one and episode four. There's such a stark difference in my outlook on life. And in the end, nothing truly changed. I still don't know what the future holds, and I'm still incredibly worried about it. But that can't stop me from doing things. Because, like I said, you have to start at level one if you want to level up. So, if that conversation piqued your interest in what Ariane is doing, you can check out Club Comtech on their website, clubcomtech.org, and that's com with two M's. Think communication, not computer. They also have a Facebook page and a Twitter, both also Club Comtech. All of those links are in the description of the podcast. If you want to stay up to date on what I'm doing, you can check me out on Twitter at underscore Midnight Musing, and we're also on YouTube. Just search Midnight Musing Podcast. Every episode gets uploaded there as well. Follow the network accounts, both Twitter and Instagram, at Thunderdog Radio. They've got trailers for every episode that is going to be coming out. So that's where I'll sign off for today. This has been Evan, and I'll see you next midnight. Thanks for listening. That was a Thunderdog podcast.